0: the doctor is in and we'll see you now welcome to the anime waiting room i'm your host dr otaku joining me today are my co hosts elliot and drew we're not real doctors but anime is your drug of choice we've got the fix for you the sixth official episode of the anime waiting room podcast my name is dr otaku and today i'm joined by my co-host elliot and drew tell the people what's happening guys yo what's up what's Not much. happening guys <laughs> Not much. happy new year or chinese new year if that's what you celebrate this week but we don't we don't discriminate We usher in the... You could
1: have said Lunar New Year. (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) being inclusive. Wait, isn't Lunar Lunar... New Year
0: different than Chinese New Year? I have no clue. No, it's the same. Lunar New Year is... What's this past? Like, in Korea or Japan, are they celebrating a similar
2: timeline? No, not really. I think they go by the Gregorian calendar. Oh. (laughs) But Lunar New Year is just to be inclusive.
0: Hmm. Smart. Anyways... Uh, we usher in the advent of the new year, 2023. Hopefully this year is full of brand new anime we can laugh over, cry over, provide you with the thought-provoking, smile-inducing, sweet, sweet medicine that your soul desires and craves. Yes, I did write all of that in my notes. It's the year of the rabbit, or if you're I think Vietnamese, it's the year of the cat. Yeah year of the rabbit go watch usagi drop only the anime don't read the manga
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's probably for the best yeah
0: <laughs> anyways wow anyways is my notes segue today we'll be reviewing anime called bochi the rock this is actually unusual because we typically don't review or talk about seasonal anime when it's released According to Drew and Crunchyroll, it, this is was released on October 9th, 2022, the final episode airing December 24th, or is it 25th? Is it
1: Christmas? I think so. I think it was the
0: 25th. All right. So yeah, this is interesting as this is the first time we've all together watched a seasonal for the first time. And- Very
1: touching moment
3: yeah it,
1: it's cool uh, i'm before- honored that you guys <laughs> that we shared this experience together <laughs> i know it's
0: kind of random too it's not that we don't enjoy seasonal it's just that it's hard to find one that we can all enjoy and experience for the first time
1: it's uh, rare that i even watch a seasonal personally. yeah 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 it's true kind of i'm usually the kind of person who waits until Something is all done, and I, I guess that's we sort did, of what I, happened here. We yeah, did wait until we, it was all done before something. we started it. And um, I wouldn't. We're... Oh, go ahead. Oh uh, no, I wasn't really gonna say anything of substance. Go ahead, uh, Elliot. I was gonna say
2: enjoy might not be the right word. <laughs> it know. seemed
1: like get... no talking to you
2: guys. It didn't seem like it was uh, like a great choice that I picked. <laughs> nah, <laughs> I, like, mm. I mean, I kind of no, regret choosing I, this for you guys. No,
1: I, I'm glad you chose it, man. I'm glad I watched it. Uh, talking to Galen, or yeah. Dr. Otaku, I, I was like,
2: he seems really bored watching this. I was pretty like, bored, I'll be you, honest, you, but some, we'll dive... Some parts you, you could skip and, like, power through. We'll dive
0: a lot more into that. I think overall, when I got to episode 12, I was like, oh, the payoff's there, but we'll talk more about that later. I have definitely personal thoughts about it, but it, it like, I I think I would rather watch this than any domestic girlfriend or...
2: You can't keep comparing things to Domestic Girlfriend. Any... Domestic
1: Girlfriend is the punching bag that we always uh, lay waste to every time we're talking about a stupid anime. Yeah. I've never even watched it. I don't know exactly what it's about, even though you've told me the premise. You better a bunch not of times. watch it. All I know is that it's something stupid and gross. It's pretty
2: yeah. gross. That's like the low, low bar. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, our expectations were low. It's better
0: than ninety percent of the Izekai Bochi is definitely better than ninety percent of Izekai Bochi is not
2: even Isekai.
0: I know it's not comparable, but it's I'm a saying slice like.
2: Slice of life.
0: I don't really watch Slice of Life, so I guess it's just not my cup of tea. But anyways, I had a fun activity before we dive straight into the analysis. How about we spend a bit of time reflecting on this past year? I thought of a fun activity as both looking back and looking forward. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pick an anime that we loved or something impactful that stuck with us in 2022. We'll give a brief explanation and then we're going to talk about one anime that we're looking forward to watching whether it's a new release or we just haven't gotten around to it on our watch list. Think of this as an anime New Year's resolution. Alright, so one anime that I really enjoyed in 2022, that was Serial Experiments Lane. Uh, I haven't really heard about it until this year, I guess because I live under a rock or I don't really explore uh, like older anime, but this one was produced in 1998 and it's definitely a, like a beyond its time. It alludes to the internet even before like we really had the internet. I don't even know what in oh, 1998.
1: Hold up man. Hold up man. We did have the internet <coughs> in 1998. We had DSL or was it dial up? It was dial up. Oh yeah. Dial up. But it it definitely existed.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. This was like the advent of the internet, huh?
1: Yeah, it was a lot different from how it is now. It wasn't quite as ubiquitous.
0: Yeah, yeah, we had and, AOL. I forgot.
1: Yeah, everybody had an AOL account. Yeah, when I was growing up,
0: uh, that was my era, man. Definitely, like the themes in the anime. It's couldn't have predicted how big the internet's become, but yeah, it's like eerily, eerily relevant.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It has creepy, mystery, horror elements that I like. It's something that I sort of want to go back and pick apart. Just to watch specific episodes. Um, so yeah, go check out Serial Experiments Lane if you haven't. It's a great anime. It's a classic. One anime that I'm looking forward to watching in 2023. Season 2 of Vinland Saga. It's being produced by Studio Mappa. So animation quality will be very good. Actually, I've watched uh, two episodes already. It's It's pretty good. Read the manga up to volume 6. Uh, Which is written by Makoto Yukimura Who's also written uh, Planetess Which is one of the best manga that I've ever read In fact, I finished that manga literally in one day I'm excited to see where the story goes And follow along with the source So yeah Drew, how about you?
1: Okay, so looking back Something that I watched for the first time in 2022 That really stood out to me And will stay with me moving forward Is Kaon. And I think that's fitting because Ochi probably lives in its shadow. And, you know, the comparisons are inevitable because K-On! is also a slice of life music anime about teen girls in a rock band, and it's based on a four-panel manga strip. I do think K-On! has more emotional range because it's got a mix of comedy as well as drama and heartfelt kinds of moments. Uh and I guess I'd probably say I, I like the music a little bit more too. But this probably won't be the last time we reference Kaon in this episode. I think it's uh no the big bad boss of this genre, the ultimate uh anime in this genre. As far as upcoming anime in 2023 that I'm looking forward to, there are actually two that I could that I thought of um, because they're based on two of the better manga series that I've been reading lately, and one of them is called Skip and Loafer. That's a teen drama story. I guess it's more of a slice of life, growing up, coming of age uh, story with, I guess, yeah, there's some comedic elements, but uh, and maybe the romance isn't quite as pronounced, but it's more of a, a drama about growing up. It's about a girl from the Boonies of Japan who moves to the big city to Tokyo to go to high school and learns how to fit in and the adventure she has with her friends there. And the other manga that's going to get an anime adaptation later this year is a fantasy story called Riren Beyond Journey's End. And that's a story that takes the classic fantasy trope of the heroes who have to save the kingdom from a deadly demon king. Except the story begins well after the heroes have succeeded in saving the world. So it's about uh, what ends up happening after uh, the world they've saved is at peace. And you follow one of the characters from that original party of heroes who's an elf. And she's the longest lived one of them. Uh, And all of her comrades, like decades later, all of her comrades have just passed away from old age. She's still in her prime, uh, exploring the world, learning more about magic because she's a mage. And the story is just about her life, uh, reflecting on her past, um, learning how to care about people because she realizes that with her long lifespan, the 10 years that she spent fighting the Demon King are just you know, a blink of an eye to her and she didn't really spend enough time caring about people uh, when she was with them and now she's learning that it was something that she regretted. Uh, so it's an emotional journey that takes place in a fantasy world and it isn't an isekai, which is definitely a positive in my book.
2: Hmm.
1: Nice. <clears throat>
2: uh, Back in 2022, some that I some anime that I really enjoyed watching were Ranking of Kings and lycarus Recoil. Um they're both just about people with like kind of like disabilities but also like just strong like latent abilities that just shine. Uh Ranking of Kings was really great cuz it's about a mute deaf kid who is a prince but then kind of gets overshadowed by uh his brother but then eventually like you come around and see that he's actually one of the most powerful beings in like the world. And then with Lycorus, you just see like this girl who kinda retired from assassinations and decided to not kill anymore. But she wants to do good with her life. And then things I'm looking forward to in Black Clover or, or Black Clover this year, with hopefully the movie coming out on Netflix soon. Uh hopefully that comes back to being a regular series that I can watch. And then Eminence in Shadow is airing. And it's almost done. But I think that's been a great series to watch throughout the winter. Cool. <clears throat> Thanks, guys, for sharing.
0: Uh, Drew, let's just go dive right in. The background about Bochi the Rock.
1: All right. So the first episode of Bochi the Rock aired on October 9th, 2022. And the 12th and final episode aired on December 25th. The anime is an adaptation of the manga by Aki Hamaji. It's a yonkoma, which is a four-panel manga. And it's still currently being serialized in a seinen manga magazine in Japan. The fifth volume was released in Japan back in late November. Presently, there is no official English license for the manga, which is unfortunate. But based on my research, the anime adapts about the first 1.5 volumes of the manga. Episode 8 of the show is the end of Volume 1 of the manga, which makes sense because when you watch Episode 8, that does feel like it could have been an ending. The anime is a production of Cloverworks. That's an animation studio that was originally one of the internal studios of A1 Pictures, which is itself a subsidiary of Aniplex, which is owned by Sony. So it makes no, it's no surprise why we're seeing this on Crunchyroll. Cloverworks is responsible for quite a few notable recent series that I think modern viewers will recognize. Things like Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai, The Promised Neverland, Ramiya, Wonder Egg Priority, I Dress Up Darling, The Akebi's Sailor Uniform, and Spy Family, which is a co-production with WIT Studio. So I got a question for you guys, but uh, are you familiar with the four-panel manga uh, format at all? I am not. <clears throat> no, sir. Okay. Yeah, it's basically like their version of a newspaper comic strip that we have. You know, just four four panel strips that typically tell uh, a little story and end with some kind of punchline in the last panel. Uh. Um, yeah. So if you if you can just imagine like how we read our newspaper strips well back when there were newspapers you know something like the peanuts or calvin and Hobbes or things like that a lot of the four panel manga are in a similar format except the panels are in a vertical orientation as opposed to horizontal oh i see yeah that, that's just all i mean when i say it's a four panel manga mm. have you guys watched any of the other cloverworks anime and if so, uh you have any thoughts on the quality of their general output? Uh, I've watched everything on here except Akebi's
0: sailor uniform, which is kind of cool. <laughs> uh, I'll talk more about like Haremia and Wonder Egg Priority. Uh, Haremia is definitely a great anime. I haven't read the source, but I think it's something I'd like to read. Uh, Wonder Egg Priority is also a great anime, even though... Oh, I, I can't just... Never mind. I'll just... People don't like the ending, whatever, but I like the ending. It's fine. And then... Promised Neverland is something that is better read than
3: <laughs> watched.
0: let <laughs> uh, you want to I... comment on Rascal and Dress Up
2: Darling? Yeah. I love Funny Girl Senpai. uh I think it's... Challenging to the mind, it's really psychological, and really? also
1: okay.
2: Uh, it also breaks your brain with like physics that I don't understand sometimes because it's about like time, and space, and oh yeah, it's got cool a lot of probabilities, supernatural kind of. elements. Yeah, and then Dress Up Darling is a cute slice of life about kind of like a cosplayer and starts dating a guy who can make costumes because he kind of he works like on a doll or like shop with his grandfather and then knows how to like sew and everything and starts making costumes for her because she can't make her own costumes because the first one she made is like trash <laughs> yeah it's pretty cute and then spy family is like oh yeah it's great show <clears throat> uh there's a there's another show like it which is buddy daddy's so that's airing this winter season Buddy daddy yeah buddy daddy's is about two assassins that kind of adopt this girl but it's, it's very different. It's like a similar premise, but very different from each other.
1: Interesting. I wonder lo- which one came first.
2: Uh, for the mangas, I'm not sure. But, like, Spy Family is probably more lighthearted. Yeah. And Buddy Daddies kind of has a lighthearted feel. But then you realize they're assassins and they just murder people. So.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. I see. Spy so Family is really easy
0: to get into. It's probably the seasonal I recommend the most. It does mm-hmm. have
2: its moments where it lulls, though, and it kind of feels slow. But there are moments that you feel rewarded for yeah. watching it.
1: As far as the animation quality and overall production values of those shows, would you say that they're pretty good, or are they just average, or what do you think?
2: I would say that they're amazingly animated. There's a, there's yeah. actually an episode in Spy Family early on where they do an amazing animation job, where kind of the dad in Spy Family just pretends to be like he pretends to be a spy which is funny because he actually is a spy um spy pretending to be a spy (laughs) yeah he pretends to be a spy for his daughter it's funny so i think that's that was like one of the greatest episodes i've ever watched that was like animated
1: oh high praise yeah usually
0: i mean everything i watch is exceptionally crystal clear animation like eyes hair everything is like detail oriented I don't think Cloverworks ever, like, you know, they never, they put like 100% into everything they do. So I I like all their animation.
1: Yeah. I think the only one of those shows that I watched a full episode of so far is My Dress Up Darling. I didn't watch the whole series, but the one episode I did see had, had a pretty outstanding animation. But I've seen clips from... Or trailers, at least from all the other shows, and uh, like Wonder Egg Priority definitely stands out to me as a show that has pretty impressive animation. Even though I haven't watched it yet, so I, I do want to check it out. I heard that there were some production issues during the making of Wonder Egg Priority. Ah, so like, uh, yeah, towards the end, I see some stuff behind the scenes that that happens. But at least the Early episodes, like the clips that i watched, looked pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, it's quite a good show. I would recommend it. <laughs> I can't say much about it, because it'll spoil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do want to check it out at some point. Oh, one more note about Promised Neverland. Man, it's... It's pretty... Like... I know I said the anime... Uh, you You should probably watch the first season, at least. I don't recommend the second season, but... There's like a scene in there where someone breaks someone's leg. It's quite graphic. Oh, man. <laughs> the way they animate that is like, she just does it emotionless. It's beautiful.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think <laughs> all of that seems to indicate that Cloverworks is known for providing us with grade A animation. Let's talk a little bit about the... Other, a few other key figures involved in the show, in Bochi the Rock. Keichiro Saito is the director of the show. He has a lot of an- key animation credits on various shows like Ascendance of a Bookworm, Boogie Pop and others, Mob Psycho 100, Pokemon Sun and Moon, Sunny Boy, Act of Destiny, Wonder Egg Priority, and many more. As far as I can see, his only other credit as overall series director is for Eka 13 Territory Inspection Department, Regards. It was an OVA. I don't really know anything about that franchise or series. Hmm. Prior to taking on the project of directing Bochi, he was unfamiliar with the Bochi manga. And I was reading this interview uh, with Saito from a Japanese magazine called and it was translated into English on Sakuga blog. And there was one excerpt from that interview that I do want to share because I think it adds a little shading uh, or context to the anime. So the question that is posed to him is, the anime adds original scenes that fill the space between the four panel strips of the manga, as well as interpreting and directing scenes in a way unique to anime. Did This require any special attention or cause any trouble. Kaito's answer is, the manga is already very fun on its own, so at first we had Erika Yoshida, who was in charge of series composition, focus on filling in the gaps between panels in a way that was logical and realistic. But as we progressed in writing the script, we came to realize that realism was not the only way to express the charms of the work. So in order to depict the energy of its comedic scenes and express the emotions of adolescent drama, Use methods and approaches exclusive to animation, as well as adding supplementary gags for connecting scenes with help from the manga staff. Also, since the anime is being produced as a TV series, we wanted each episode to have a clear focus and throughline. So we pay attention to how each episode flows into the opening and the ending, that it ends on a satisfying note. So, yeah, I think... How he answered that question does give us pretty good perspective on the team's general approach to the series. Do you guys have any overall thoughts in terms of Bochi the Rock's direction or overall vibes?
2: Ellie, you want to start? I think the vibes of Bochi the Rock were great. I mean, she's like addressing her own issues. As she's trying to like grow as a, like a figurehead of rock, and she's already kind of successful as you see, but then you also see her needing to grow in some other areas, but then I think it felt like a very relatable anime where it wasn't beyond expectations and it was like about a teenage girl, so I think it was pretty well directed, and I don't really have any things that I hated about, like, the direction of the anime. It just felt slow at times.
1: Hmm. <clears throat> what about you, Dr. Otaku? Uh,
0: should I just go into my first impressions? or? <laughs> uh, I mean, overall, I didn't hate the show. I was also bored a little bit. I think I had expectations of where it was going with it. Like, I understand her social anxiety and everything. I just thought that there'd be more development. Um, I like the jokes and all of the like humor and the bits. I guess for me that felt more like a, a comedy reel, which I enjoyed. But uh, I think in, initially I felt that parts of her personality were were like exaggerated or maybe I just didn't think the character was real. I mean, teen angst exists, but I've never met anyone with that level of insecurity. Uh, so maybe it was just an anime thing where they're just exploring her internal monologue. So that's like my yeah. my fair assessment.
1: Yeah, the show definitely <laughs> tries to juggle uh, that mix of the comedy uh, without really trying to be mean or hurtful or disparaging about Bochy's. Insecurity, even though her social anxiety is played for laughs a lot of the time, I feel like they do try to make sure it's not done in a like disrespectful way, you know? Yeah. At least to me that's what comes across. It's not being mean spirited. Yeah, for sure. Okay. The character designer and chief animation director of the show is Kerorira has credits for key animation and animation director on notable shows, including things like Mob Psycho 100, I Dress Up Darling, Wonder Egg Priority, The Promised Neverland, Made in Abyss, and many more. I read that he was a fan of the manga before this anime was announced, and he knew that he wanted to be involved in the show if it ever did receive an adaptation. And the story goes that he was having a conversation with the eventual producer of the show, a man named Shota Umehara, and in conversation he asked Umehara if they would ever make an adaptation, an anime adaptation of Bochi, and it just so happened that when he asked Umehara, that was when Umehara had received a project proposal, and he told Kerorira about it, so he asked if he could be involved, and he drew some sketches, and from there he ended up becoming the character designer But not only was he character designer, he was also chief animation director of the series. And this is pretty unusual because he was also not only overseeing everybody else's uh, cuts of animation, but he was personally so invested in the project that he, he himself personally drew four to eight cuts a day during production. And he probably ended up drawing like 600 to 700 cuts of key animation himself. Nice. So... six to seven hundred cuts that's about the equivalent of two full episodes (laughs) so he did a lot lot i don't know how he did that but he must have like worked crazy hard yeah must really love the the manga yeah yeah he definitely had a lot has a lot of love for it did you guys have any opinions about the animation or the animation quality of the series
2: I thought it was great. I mean, I think uh, there are moments when, like, you know, when, like, it transitions to like, a whole different animation style. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of crazy because yeah. you don't expect it and kind of throws you off. But it's also like, that's kind of cool. Like, you don't see that in any other show. Like, it goes in a different direction. It's almost like, almost like One Piece or something where, like, you it just pops off in a different t- style of animation for a second and then it goes back to normal. And you're like, I really didn't expect that to happen.
1: Yeah, it's the kind of thing that makes me want to hit rewind and and look at it again. Yeah. <clears throat> There's a the scene where
0: she melts into like the slug. Yeah. That one's one of my favorite. It definitely stuck out.
2: That and like when they they transition to like 3D models and then they like, burst oh, yeah. through a wall. <laughs> That's and, like funny. it like ends up being like a like a blender scene.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and it's like an intentionally low Quality 3D model to, to just yeah. to make the joke funnier. Yeah, I do. I Every like time it. they do those transitions to a different style of animation. It's it's a great punchline.
0: Yeah, I mean
1: they're committing
0: to it. I like that. I like that.
1: All right, and the main writer who is credited with series composition for the show is Erika Yoshida. She has writing credits for things like Love Me, Love Me Not, Tiger and Bunny. Tower of God, Trickster, Lupin the Third, Part Four, and a few other things. Uh, I can't say I've ever watched any of the other shows that she worked on. Uh, have you guys seen any of those things? I've seen Tower of God. And I've seen clips
2: <laughs> from Lupin the
1: Third. Tower of God. <laughs> I forget. Elliot, were you a fan of Tower of the God? Tower of God? I think you were telling me about that recently. Uh, yeah, I
2: like the show. Um, I like the music because it's by Stray Kids, I believe. Like, the opening and ending are both by Stray Kids, at least for oh, the first okay. season. So I like the music. Or, at least the yeah. music they chose. And the story of it is not so bad either. Um, kind of hate the villain, though. She's yeah. Just, <laughs> she's just annoying. Our of God is anger-inducing
0: in certain parts.
1: Is it... Trying to induce that anger, or is, is yes. it, are you angry because you yeah. th- think it's bad or something? No, 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 it's a huge
2: plot twist. That's all. So. Yeah, it's just like a manipulative villain, and you're just like, I really hate you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. That sounds
2: like effective writing then, because it's
0: good. No, it's, hate it's good. Definitely. Yeah. Good. But yeah, it's like one of those things where the internet mobs can unite for once. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's, like
2: it's like Mommy Chen, like. <laughs> Rent-a-girlfriend.
0: Rent-a-girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, they write a villain so well, you really hate her.
1: Yeah. Well, Yoshida was responsible for a series composition on Tower of God, so I guess got to give her credit for that. Nice. In addition to being credited for series composition for Bochi, she also wrote all 12 scripts for the series oh, also. so good to yeah, know. Yeah, she was pretty involved in it. Um, as far as the music of the show goes... This being a musical-themed anime, it's kind of an important element. Pamaki Kikuwa, Kikuya composed the score, or the background music, for the show. And he's done some soundtracks for a couple other shows I've watched, like Girlish Number and Wasteful Days of High School Girls. I can't say I remember anything about the music in those series. He also did Blend S sketch and a few other shows that sound like isekai and harem trash. <laughs> but as for the actual rock songs that are performed by Kisoku band within the show, there were several songwriters involved in those. Uh, some of the more notable ones uh, that I recognized. There's, there was the frontman for the band Kanabun, his name is Maguro Taniguchi, who wrote the first ending theme. And some of the other songs are written by other uh, professional band leaders as well. There's Yuho Kitazawa, who is the vocalist and guitarist of the Peggy's. And there's also Iku Nakajima, who fronts the band Tricot. The song that plays during episode 12's end credits is a... It's actually a cover of my favorite Asian Kung Fu Generation song, Rock and Roll, Morning Light Falls on You. And that's kind of notable because... Kochi itself contains a number of tributes to Asian Kung-Fu Generation. For example, all of the all four of the girls' uh, last names correspond with uh, the last name of a member in Asian Kung-Fu Generation. And many of the titles of the individual episodes are named after songs by Asian Kung-Fu Generation. Cool. One more thing to note about the musical performances performances within the show is that The team actually filmed live musicians and gave them directions in terms of how to convey body language for the various characters. And then the animators used that film as the basis for their final animation, which I think is a pretty good step because when you see some of the scenes where they do play, even though those scenes are kind of few and far between, there are little nuances to the performances where... um, the character's body language or the, the way that they look and glance at each other like that was all directed by the uh that was all directed um for the live action performers to 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 do that kind of stuff so that the animators could just you know draw over that film So i think that's a pretty interesting way to animate the performances which tend to be the you know, a lot of sh- a lot of like action shows center around like some big battle as the spectacle of the episode. I think with Bochy, because it's not an action show, the spectacle centerpieces or set pieces of the series tend to be the musical performances. So you definitely want to pay more attention and devote a little extra care to those scenes. And that's pretty much all I have in terms of background and context pass it on back to you dr otaku thank you drew
0: thank you for your all as, as always your very detailed analysis and uh, background information so we're just i already shared my first impressions so how about you guys elliot anything to uh, about like when you first watched it what you thought and then how did that develop over watching 12 episodes
2: Uh, I think this show kind of caught me off guard. I didn't really know what to expect Mm -hmm. when going into it. I just heard it was like a good show, just like from social media and Drew recommending it. And then, I thought it was cool like, uh, addressing social anxiety, Um, but then, (laughs) I didn't expect it to like, be like the main theme of the show either. But, Mm -hmm. I guess it ended up being a good show overall. And I would recommend it. It's just, I think it's, you had to set your expectations to not be what you're used to in anime. it's more about slice of life and everyday life for real, for like a regular teenage girl, not just like someone who's trying to do something amazing in life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. How about you, Drew? Yeah.
1: For me, I, because I do watch a lot of these kinds of anime, pretty much slotted Directly into my expectations, especially in terms of general tone and tenor of the show. I watch a lot of these slice of life kind of shows, and uh, you know, cute girls doing cute things kind of genre. Um, things like the aforementioned K-On! and any other shows that are kind of like paler imitations of that. So it is something. It is a subgenre of slice of life that i do enjoy i think the first thing that drew my attention to this anime was just seeing people on social media talking about it because usually i feel like these shows are the kinds of things that tend to be overlooked and that most people who say that they're anime fans don't really pay much attention to but this one seemed to take off in a way that i haven't really seen um a Cute girl Slice of Life show take off ever. But uh, yeah, it's got a really bright color palette, nice art, cute character designs. And I think, if I'm being honest, I probably wanted to love the show more than I actually did. I still liked it a lot and enjoyed it. I think I appreciated it more for the overall craftsmanship of it. Like we were just talking about the various... Jokes that they pull off with yeah. uh, various animation styles, and that is the thing that I think elevates this show uh, in my mind at least that's those are the things that i'm going to remember uh you know a year from now because they just stand out and you really don't see too much of that kind of work done in anime in general yeah, I think something that I would recommend, regardless of whether people are into Slice of Life or not Because I think it works as a If like this is the first Slice of Life anime That somebody is going to watch Then I think it'll be a good one To kind of hook them into the the genre uh, Bochi herself She's far more neurotic And insecure than your typical star For a cute girl kind of show like A lot of those kind of shows have A protagonist who might be Kind of shy Or Uh, you know, withdrawn in in some kind of way. But Bochi's like, it's like crippling self-anxiety. Yeah. Yeah,
2: it's extreme.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's the kind of person where if that were a real person in real life, I would be extremely worried about her well-being and emotional health, you know?
0: Yeah.
2: Yep. I probably would not be their friend. (laughs)
0: i don't think (laughs) it would be tough it would be tough to be close to someone like that it'd be tough for sure
1: yeah yeah i think in terms of my first impressions i i did think that first episode was pretty amusing especially that that moment in the first episode where she uh plays with the other girls for the first time and then they tell her that she wasn't very good and then she freaks out turns to dust and then the animation transitions into the end credits Yeah, even though it's like the middle of the episode and I wasn't paying attention to the time either so I was like whoa episode's already over then it was a fake out and I was like oh okay you got me (laughs) yeah it's got
0: uh, the series got cool like little bits like that which I enjoyed Uh, Yeah. yeah I think the only thing I would add to my first impression is that uh, it does. Like, I think I was talking to Drew about this. I don't need to relate to the character. It doesn't really matter. But I think I I didn't relate to her at all. Or I mean, I didn't really connect with her, is a better word, to the point where I had to like l- look up her actual name toward episode three because I forgot it was Hitori, Goto or something. And so, I mean, it's okay <laughs> to just call her bochi, but yeah, felt like I liked every other character besides her like a lot more. But uh, maybe I'm just a cold-hearted Grinch and have no room to to you know spend thinking about someone else's insecurities. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Dang.
0: But you're, I mean <laughs> you're a doctor but you don't care about helping others. <laughs> you know you got to be emotionally detached from your patients. Uh, right, anyways. Right, right. Anyways. <laughs> In initially like yeah, they smothered me a lot with the the insecurity stuff, but I think toward the end and uh, we'll talk more about the themes. Yeah, I appreciated the nuances of character they gave to Bochi. There is like a underlying layer to her, but you do really have to work hard to get to to get to her motivations and sort of why does she want to be in a band and what is she trying to accomplish and more so just being real with the character. Yeah. Um I guess let's just talk about like some parallels or between other series. Uh Drew mentioned Kaon. That's the most obvious one. Uh, I definitely liked Kaon more. Even though I don't remember much of Kaon, I do remember the feeling that I had enjoying Kaon. Overall, I only watched one season of Kaon, but from what I do remember, it was more. Uh, it, I feel like it's more realistic to like teenage girls, or at least what I think of teenage girls in an anime. And. Mm-hmm. Of course, we watched a place further than the universe, and that shows a lot more depth of uh, thematically and character development-wise, plot-wise. But I mean, I think Bochi is definitely more lighthearted, comedic. Place further was probably meant to be more like meaningful. That was
1: a more of a drama, I would say. Yeah, soul searching. I also felt more like an adventure. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say a place further than the universe was a slice of life either. It has slice of life elements within its it's episodes, but it's a story that has a clear overarching arc from episode one to Mm -hmm. 12 or was it 13? I forget, but you know, I think there's the whole story. The whole series was one long story.
0: Yeah. Okay. Do you guys want to talk about specific animations or, or Drew? Sorry. Do you have any thoughts on k since the, I know that's one of your favorite shows.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned you only watched the first season of it. Yeah. But I I watched all of it. Like there's two seasons. So I think in total it's around like forty one episodes plus a full length feature film. And I would say the thing with Kaon is that the emotional range of the show is quite varied because there are episodes of that show that are Funny, like, you know, mm-hmm. comedy is definitely A staple element yeah. Of these types of shows And uh, like Bochi Kaon was also based on a Four panel manga mm-hmm. that was uh, You know, more of a Comedic slant There's also a lot of shows, a lot of el- uh, Episodes in that show That are more uh, Emotionally involved I think as the series Progresses, uh, you start to see it Especially towards the last two episodes of season one, and then uh, when season two begins, the show really uh, increases in its quality because it's no longer... I mean, it's still a show about these girls having fun with each other after school, playing, uh, ostensibly playing music together, but really all they end up doing in their club room is just eating cakes and tea with each other. Nice. Um, But there's also this element of creeping dread because four of the five girls are going to graduate at the end of season two and then the one junior girl starts to realize that uh, her friends are going to be leaving her soon you see this uh, emotional arc play out across the the second season and also in the movie and it's it's a pretty satisfying story because even though the episode's pretty much standalone. There's still this overarching emotional arc that carries over Um, and I think that's one of the things that that makes Kaon stand out so much. And then when you finally get the emotional climax of the series it's it's pretty powerful stuff. I think anybody who has watched uh, the entire thing will remember it uh, for a long time because it's just something that will leave an impact and a long-lasting kind of impression but yeah with Bochy I think it's not entirely fair to compare it to Kaon because number one it's you've only had this one season I'm not even sure if they're gonna make any more of it
3: mm-hmm.
1: um maybe if they do there will be more I don't know like character development across the longer form story even in these 12 episodes, I do think that there is some character development for Ochi herself. It's it's pretty subtle, and maybe uh, we have to, like, really look for it. But it's also the kind of character development where she often takes, like, two steps forward and then falls one step back, you know? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of things where she's making these positive strides in terms of being more comfortable opening herself up to people. Or even just interacting with people, but then like she'll do something that uh, makes her literally fall flat on her face <laughs> and end up in the nurse's office. You know, <laughs> so it's it's things like that which I think kind of carry Bochy's um, emotional arc, and the other characters kind of react to her behaviors and see her change. Um, and I, I guess even they change in minor ways as well. In terms of uh, maybe generating like a really strong emotional connection, I don't think this show really uh, hit me in the heart the same way that something like Kaon did. did. Mm. Yeah, I don't blame Bochi for that. I don't, that's not a negative for me. It's just something where if those comparisons are inevitable, then I acknowledge them. But I respect Bochi for what it is in and of itself.
0: You guys want to talk about like I mean, we talked about animation quality. Let's talk about, like, the little bits that they have. Um, Drew, you sent some, like, videos about... There's, like, references and even just some of the... Like, that one scene with the potatoes, uh, like, representing the school festival. Like, the claymation. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they really went extra in, in... Generating all this stuff, doing the claymation. Uh, there was that one scene with the I think I looked it up. I think it's called a zoetrope. It's like this really it's almost like a diorama kind of thing that spins around in a circle. Mm.
3: Um
1: and they did they did that. Uh they you know they built it physically and then filmed it uh for the joke where she's like trying because she doesn't have school spirit for the sports festival and everybody is against her. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, And then the computer animated bits. There was a... I remember there was a a joke in one of the episodes where uh, the characters turned into, like, these cardboard cutouts or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, there's so many varied bits of filming and, you know, even live action shots... the only other anime that I think of that does something even mildly approaching this is is In Her Circumstances, also known as Karakano. That was the show that Hideaki Anno did after Evangelion back in the late 90s. And wow. that that show, I'm watching it right now. I haven't finished it. I'm like 20 episodes in out of 26. Wow. But it's yeah, it's got some scenes in there where the animation... I don't know if it was because of time constraints or production issues, but they had some scenes where they integrated live-action footage into the anime, and they also used uh, cardboard cutouts to tell a story, uh, which looks weird. And at the time, I think, when I was watching that episode, it made me think, did the animators just run out of time? So they just resorted to putting cardboard cutouts and putting them, uh, you know, just moving them in front of backgrounds? (laughs) Like, that's weird. That I've uh, had time to reflect on it, and I've seen Bochi. I'm like, that's actually kind of interesting, you know. Like, it's a different form of storytelling in anime that's not traditional, and maybe it was, maybe it was born out of desperation or a lack of time. But at least visually, it's still pretty interesting. I dig that stuff. Mm. Cool.
0: Ellie, you want to add anything to add about, or like, do you have a favorite? moment in the show
2: or kind of animation that stuck out to you i liked it when like they went to the 3d model and she just crashes through the wall and breaks the whole anime yeah that's the only thing i really remember about animation
1: that was a pretty memorable scene i was re-watching that specific clip and there's something funny at the end because like when she crashes into the building that explodes into a bunch of cubes yeah at the very end uh, there's like one final cube that falls like by itself at the very end it's pretty funny
2: that's the only thing I can remember
1: I think do you have a favorite joke in the show Dr. Otaku
0: other than the potato one which I mentioned there's that one where I think she's like turning to ash did I mention it earlier Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's got that, Mm -hmm. like, music playing in the background.
1: Um, I think that was a reference to Hajime no Ippo.
0: Oh, I've never watched that show, but maybe I'll check it out.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of anime references within this show. Uh, And I didn't really know all of them either. But somebody made a video that kind of shows those references. I forget if that one was Hajime no Ippo or Ashita no Joe, but I think it was some kind of boxing anime. Oh,
0: yeah, that was funny. It's like she like goes into the wall and shadow. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, let's see. I guess we could talk specifically about the music of each. Like how does their as like within the story, how does their actual band music develop? Because um, I was rewatching episode one and I kept trying to figure out like uh what is what kind of sound are they trying, like I know everyone references episode one as like you see the growth from bochi to episode twelve, but like I guess I didn't really feel like episode one showed me that much about Bochi's sound, but what did you guys think?
1: Are they talking about her growth as a musician or her growth as a person?
0: I think her growth, like, I think in the interview you sent, there was mention about growth as a musician. Well, I, at least that's what I thought it was saying.
3: Mm-hmm. I thought
0: they, I thought the director was saying, like, oh, yeah, you can see how, like, she grew as, like, uh, a musician, like as a band.
1: Yeah, I think that's particularly in reference to her ability to play with others. Uh, because in that first see. episode, and she's playing with uh, Rio and Nijika, mm-hmm. and after they play together, I think Nijika says it in a nice way, but she's like, "Wow, you're not very good, are you?" Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's because. Ochi is so accustomed to just playing guitar solos for her uh, YouTube channel. She's not accustomed to playing with other band members. Um, So when you see her continue to practice and play with the other girls throughout the show, I think you do see change. Like I think about, um, was it episode five? Is that the one where they audition in front of sister? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (coughs) (coughs) Excuse me. Yeah, like that episode, they play that first song, and uh you can tell that the they're they're kind of not really fully in sync with each other. Like everybody can can play, but yeah. as the sister is looking at them and listening to them, you get these reaction shots of the sister where she she doesn't look impressed at all. Like she's clearly uh like in a way like disappointed at what they're bringing to her. And then after they finish that first song, I think Bochi realizes that they need to be better. And then like her body language starts to change in that second song that they play. And then when you get the reaction shots of the sister watching them do the second song, she starts to realize, okay, they're better than I thought they were. You know, I'll give them some credit for showing me what they got. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. I think at that point I was wondering... When is the sister going to admit that she knows who Bochi is?
0: Uh, Mm. The guitar hero thing? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because, like, she's, like, known. She's, like, recognized that way of playing. Like, it's like if you recognize, like, a celebrity or, like, someone playing a video game who's, like, a famous streamer. You would be like, you play a lot like this person, and I've seen you around, so, like, are you who I think you are kind of thing? Yeah.
1: Hmm, good... But point. I didn't pick that up. You guys are both way more musically inclined than I am, but uh, my question for you is: Can you recognize a person by the way he plays his instrument?
2: I think if you if you actually watch someone play and like listen to their sound, you could you can definitely hear it because everyone has their own way of playing and their own, especially if you're watching like their hand movements or the like the way they play their instrument you can definitely tell that they mm. either know what they're doing or like they have their certain nuances or ticks that they do when they play versus like someone who may not be super familiar with playing their instrument
1: yeah See, makes sense
0: i think there's like a certain level of artistry to to everyone's playing i mean Drew you and i have been to a lot of concerts together you can sort of pick up individual artists and how they express themselves through guitar or bass or drum. It's very like individual and as a band like you can tell their overall sound like has a character and quality. Um, you can
2: al- yeah, you can also tell when they mess up and you're like, "Oh.
0: <laughs> yep. You can tell. The only comment I have about episode five is that the uh, Kita, the voice—I mean, you, Drew—you said they recorded it with with voice actors, right?
1: I yeah, just felt, that's her actual voice actor. Oh, know. okay.
0: I mean, it was good for sure. I just felt like it was a little mature for a high schooler, but like I understand that you can't—I mean, they're not going to hire a high school voice actor, uh, but.
1: Let's see. I'm going to look up the voice actor right now.
0: Okay. <clears throat> I just thought they would ca- curate it or cater whatever the word is. They curate it to be more of like a high school sound. Um, and like going mm-hmm.
2: through
0: puberty? I, I don't know. No, it was just like a... I don't know.
2: That's yeah. the only way that I can think about no, it. it was just,
0: like- we were talking about Claris and how they recorded it when they were young but like nobody can compare to like Claris. Um. But, yeah, I don't know. uh, that was the only song that bothered me that I like got took out of emergent immersion. I think the other songs in the later episodes it was fine. Mm-hmm. I don't know
1: well, but- I just looked her up, and unfortunately, Wikipedia and a brief Google search doesn't obviously reveal her actual age, yeah, it just says that she was born may thirty first but uh, yeah, I don't know what year. Just looking at a picture of her, she's in her 20s, I think.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's fine. It didn't bother me that much. Um, but yeah, I guess their sound in episode five was not what I thought, like, they would be, like, as a high school band.
1: I guess it's one of those things, like, a lot of these shows where high schoolers are... Playing uh, in a band together, as like being able to write a song like that would be a pretty dang impressive accomplishment for a high schooler, in my opinion. If you could write that song and come up with it, I'm like, that's a professional sounding song, you know? And uh, I've definitely seen like real high school bands present their Mm -hmm. own songs, and I've never heard anything as clean as what they uh, did in this anime. For like, sure. if anything, um, if you're if you're really striving for full immersion, then it could be uh, maybe the fact that the Saku band plays so well together and comes up with these impressive songs together for high school girls, that's kind of unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, a bit. Yeah. You could say the same thing about k as well. That's true. The songs that they play in that show are like, ridiculously catchy and like there's a joke in kaon where um at the beginning they're like our dream is to play the Budokan someday um but then in their hearts they know that they're not very good but then when you listen to them play you're just like dude you're playing you wrote that song in high school you can definitely play the Budokan one day
0: <laughs> yeah um <clears throat> There's like a I think there's is an evolution of their sound though. Uh episode 8 is probably the turning point for me. Their rock performance finally uh sort of shows what Bochi can do. It showed her it so it shows more of her like guitar hero abilities. Uh I guess I was just thinking about like a show like Kids on the Slope uh Hmm. that really accentuates music and um they're also high schoolers right so i guess i was waiting for that moment kids on the slope moment but like i know this anime is not the same and uh kids on the slope is definitely more dramatic
1: yeah yeah that's definitely more of a drama
0: yeah and like san euphonium is not comparable either that's like literally a yeah yeah, and they like you know they're centered around music, but yeah, I guess I wanted a blow me away performance from Bochi, um, which yeah, episode twelve kinda gave us that, but like, yeah, it was like a long wind up I would that's all I'm
1: trying to say, yeah, I mentioned earlier that episode eight is the end of Volume 1 of the manga. So to me, Mm. I can see uh, how Episode 8 sort of functions as a perfect ending to the story arc. And then the last four episodes are just like the first part of Volume 2 in the manga. But I think if the show had ended at Volume 8 or Episode 8, I would have been pretty satisfied with that. Uh, You know, I'm not complaining about... Extra episodes, but I do think it's a pretty interesting way to kind of pace the rhythm of the series and the adaptation. Like, if they just left it at the first eight episodes, I still would have been like, yeah, this was a a good show, you know? Like, there was uh, a pretty concrete ending to it, to the season, if they stopped at episode eight. Whereas with um, the way it, it does end, it does kind of leave you, like, haunting more. In a a way. Yeah. Yeah,
2: because I think in episode 12, isn't that when she just gets her new guitar?
1: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, dude, we want to see you play it. (laughs) Yeah. That that
2: cracked me up, I think, episode 12. (laughs) Because you see their parents knew all along who she was. Yeah. You realize this is a family account, right? Yeah, they're (laughs) monetized. That's right. I I enjoyed
0: episode 12 definitely. had the payoff that I wanted.
2: Yeah, then she's like super embarrassed. She's like, Oh, I didn't realize that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guitar hero. <laughs> and her parents knew all along yeah. and they're like, Yeah, we we saved you this money.
0: <laughs> I guess we could just talk right about the characters. I mean, Bochi herself, uh Hitori Goto. I I wanna be very nice to her. I feel like in a weird way if she was real, I would feel bad about Talking bad about her. You bully her. <laughs> I'm not a bully, <laughs> but maybe in maybe in middle school. <laughs> in high school, I was just self-absorbed, but uh, massive insecurity, self-loathing, <laughs> expecting others to initiate engage with her, completely social unaware. Um, I do like how Kita and the others sort of see how amazing she is in the ins- on the inside, like uh Najika too they try to pull it out of her there is a soft lovable side with the internal monologues she is striving to be better I think I mentioned in my notes like there's something about Bochi that I want to root for her uh Mm -hmm. as an underdog and I like the save the moment solos that she has as a guitarist uh even the falling flat on her face that was pretty hilarious but yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you guys think overall about Bochi as a character? Uh,
3: Drew or Elliot, start.
2: Go ahead, Elliot. Uh, I think she's okay. I don't really love her. I don't really hate her. She, I I, I thought she was going to get over her social anxiety, like, maybe within the series. Me too. Like, uh, but just, like, seeing the constant back and forth as, like, she tries to grow, but is constantly always falling back into her old patterns. And also the self-delusions that she has of, like, I'm going to become a famous rock star but can't even, like, do anything (laughs) socially. I'm like, yeah, I think you need to, like, progress a little bit further before you can even have these delusions that you're going to be successful. Like, sure, like, you're successful on YouTube and, like, you have all this following, but it's, like, you can't actually perform or even talk to people in real life so it's it's kind of hard to like like you yeah because like you don't really show anyone who you are that was Mm -hmm. my impression of her yeah i
1: think what you were saying about those self-delusions that she carries with her um a lot of times they're animated for us as you know a gag or a joke and for some reason thing that it reminded me of is this old cartoon, uh, Muppet Babies, probably before <laughs> your, your guy's time, but that's a show that I grew up watching. That was a show where uh, the Muppets were all, you know, toddler versions of themselves, and they would use their imaginations to go on adventures. For some reason, that's what I kept thinking about whenever I would see a scene in Bochi where she imagined herself in some other outlandish scenario. Like I forget what episode it was, but there was this one episode where she was in her room, and I think it was the one where she's preparing for her friends to come over to her house. Yeah,
0: Sergeant. She's like, <laughs> Im-
1: yeah, she's imagining herself like as this super outgoing party woman, you know, like she's dancing in a disco, uh, and then she's in a at a pool party, surfing in a in a swimming pool or something, and it's just these ridiculous, silly situations that she pictures herself in, but. It's played for for laughs, and I do think it's pretty funny. Yeah. None of the jokes seem to be mean spirited. Uh, like they're not they're not trying to get you to laugh at how stupid the character is or anything like that. It's more just like these are the kinds of neurotic conceits that the character concocts in her mind to kind of deal with her lack of social graces or her social anxieties. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with what you were saying about how it would be tough to be her friend if this were a real person because she doesn't show herself to anybody. It's, it's actually... I feel like it actually says a lot about the kindness of the other girls that they continue to kind of humor her and reach out to her and be understanding to her. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I remember I was talking to one of my friends about Kaon. Uh, one of my female friends and I was just like describing the premise of it to her and she thought it was stupid because in her mind high school girls would never be that nice to each other. <laughs> 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 so like she wouldn't even give it a chance and she was like I bet you a man came up with that story.
0: <laughs> Ironically, isn't it written by a
1: woman? Well, the Kaon manga is actually by a man, oh. but the anime was written and directed by a woman and uh, Kyoto Animation has I a see. lot of women working for it and uh, you know, doing the anime
0: So it was written by a man yeah.
1: The original work, <laughs> yeah, the source But the uh, mangaka behind Bochi the Rock is a woman
3: Oh, uh, yeah. yeah
1: But a bunch of men made the anime <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah It is kind of an ideal world where everyone be nice to her I don't know, I feel like she has so much supportive family and friends, even the bandmates. I mean, sure she failed in high sc- in like middle school to make friends, but like um I don't know. I think like with that amount of support, she really shouldn't feel so much self-doubt.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she has a pretty loving family and it's not like they just uh leave her alone. They're like constantly Oh yeah rooting for her and keeping an eye out on her
0: crying and buys a camcorder yeah
2: (laughs) it's like how did you become a shut-in that doesn't talk to anyone can't even like function as a person yeah yeah and then your little sister is making fun of you (laughs) yeah it's (laughs) not like she's playing
0: runescape every day like i did (laughs) um but yeah, uh, we can talk more about like the other bandmates too. Nijika, definitely, I loved her as a character just because she brings that fearless leader type literally, and then you find out more about her family and just her and her sister, and the parents are gone. uh I think she helps tries to help Bochi the most in a in a I mean Kita too, but I think Nijika really pushes for like the dream of the band she even admits selfishly like you know she wants kasoku band to succeed so starry can be come like this hit place but yeah i I like Mm -hmm. najiko a lot what do you guys think about her character
1: yeah i think she's probably my favorite character i think she's got the right mix of being upbeat and mature at least Mm -hmm. compared to the other yeah the other three girls, she's she's the leader of the group, and she seems like she has the most uh, clear-cut goals or ambitions and yeah. hopes. She's the organized one, generally, and uh, tries to gather everybody to you know, do stuff together. The little bits that we do get about her backstory are kind of nice and uh, you know emotionally poignant. Um, Stuff about how I forget one of her parents passed away or something, and then the other one wasn't really present. Yeah, so then her big sister was the one who looked out for her. Yeah, all those little bits add up and uh kind of endear her to me. Yeah,
0: Ellie, any thoughts on Najika?
2: I like her because she's the drummer and I used to play drums, nice. so yeah, uh,
1: Connect- throw the drummer,
2: some love connection, yeah. yeah. And she's the one that keeps the rhythm and kind of keeps them together. So she's, like, the glue of the whole band, too. So I think mm-hmm. she's pretty cool. And yeah. then I think she's, like, always encouraging to Bochi, too. So I think that's always something. And then she's always trying to, like, get them involved and keep them together and push them forward and accomplish goals together.
0: Yeah. I got the tickets quota. That was funny. Oh, I guess that's another favorite moment. We're trying to sell her tickets.
2: Uh, when she meets the drunk girl. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, drunk girl. Oh, yeah. We can talk about drunk girl later. <laughs> One of my favorites. Uh,
1: that episode was pretty funny when Bochy thought that she could sell her tickets to her family, including her you know, little sister and her dog. Yeah. <laughs> like, they count as people who can buy tickets. <laughs> That's funny.
0: Yeah. Really good characters overall. Uh, Rio Yamada, the bassist, we could talk about her. I have a lot to say. She is my ideal human being. Uh, Your ideal human being? She's dry humor, doesn't care what others think about her. She likes being alone. (laughs) Always leeching your wallet. Yeah, comfortable in her own skin, makes excuses not to hang out with people. Can't say I remember, well, I probably have done that, but I can't say I remember doing it pretty much everything as i aspire to be as a human <laughs> <Yikes>. <laughs> it's funny how kita has a girl crush on her too yeah oh yeah yeah uh, some
1: interesting stuff with rio and how her own personal preference of being alone is contrasted with uh bochi yeah. just being alone like i remember one of the one of the jokes uh in an earlier episode where Bochi saw Ryo, and and at first she was thinking, oh, this girl is kind of like me. She's a loner. But then she realized that Ryo is alone because she prefers being alone. Yeah, she's... And then Bochi's imagination is like, they're on this grassy field, and and she's chasing after Ryo, like, you know, her senpai or whatever. And then she realizes, wait, she wants to be alone, not like me. I'm just alone, and I don't want to be alone. And then, like, the the uh, the peaceful grassy field like just cracks and crumbles and and falls into the earth and Bochy like sinks into a a crag or something it's so dramatic but pretty funny
0: yeah I think like should we just talk about like one of the my questions uh, she sure. she says like abandoning your uniqueness is equivalent to dying uh <laughs> I love this girl. She's like the best person to ask for an anime recommendation because she would not succumb to popular opinion. Uh, I guess I was just wondering, like, what do you guys think? Like, in terms of like anime, you know, like, do, does do, does popularity sort of dilute the the goodness of certain anime, or do you think do you think following the message and watching what is popular? It is is a good thing or do you think anime is dying because it's lost its uniqueness <laughs> like is anime dying because we follow just what the mainstream says it's like what does mal say every every season <laughs> i didn't have much to say about the show
1: so i just thought of a thought-provoking question <laughs> That, that question could be the basis of an entire episode's worth of discussion. That's true. I'm uh, going to respond with another Rio quote from the show uh-huh. uh, regarding anime. Because that episode where the girls are together taking band photos for their social media account, <laughs> there's a scene where they're crouching or sitting down on the ground, um, relaxing. And then Ryo says, A wise man once said... Any anime where they jump in the OP is a god tier anime.
3: Yep. Yep.
1: So if we just follow that word of wisdom, then maybe the only anime that we really need are ones where the characters jump in the OP. <laughs> yeah, maybe
0: you're right. You
1: know, like Kayon.
0: Like Kayon, yeah.
2: And everyone's going to start
0: having jumping in the OP. Man, I'm trying to think <laughs> of other ones, but that's a tangent
3: for sure.
2: Ellie, what do you think about Rio? I just like her character. I think she's funny. Uh, I like her attitude. She's very uh, non caring. And then she's also like the drunk girl. So, like, they're <laughs> like one in the same two peas in a pod. She's yeah. like always leeching off Bochi. Leeching. Like, yeah. You guys need to pay her back. <laughs> and Nijika makes them pay back what they owe her.
0: <laughs> That's funny. We could talk about uh, drunk girl, as we call her, Hiroi.
1: But well, we can go back to your question a-, a bit. I didn't mean to brush off your oh. question earlier.
0: I don't know. It was just, uh, you know, like, yeah, does anime become too mainstream now that we only follow the latest Crunchyroll or Mal recommendations? Or, you know, is there some merit to following the masses? What do you guys think?
1: Well, in a kind of funny way, I actually think that Bochi probably benefited from this yeah. phenomenon because I feel like we got so much... Traction. attention on social media that a lot of the masses just ended up watching it. I don't know. I don't pay attention to Mal. I don't use those kinds of uh, aggregate listing or rating mm-hmm. sites or anything. I, because, you know me, I don't respect the masses enough to trust in <laughs> any of their yeah. ratings or tastes. So for me, something like Mal is completely useless. I don't know... <laughs> the overall consensus or rating for bochi is but at least from you know scrolling through anime twitter it does seem like if i don't know if everybody loved it but it seemed like everybody watched it yeah and that might be because of that syndrome where if everybody is talking about a certain something then i feel the pressure to have to watch it too because Mm -hmm. i don't want to be left out of that conversation ah i see i see good points so i could i could see that uh helping
0: bochi's
3: Hmm.
0: What do you think, Elliot? What do you think about like how anime has shifted to mostly be oh what's the hottest new
2: seasonal check it out? Uh I think it's a good thing, just because the masses will test and prove mm-hmm. kind of what is good and what's not. You've got them. way too much respect for the masses. <laughs> I mean it's the same as like I think it's, you have to take it with a grain of salt. It's True. the same as like uh Rotten Tomatoes. Ah, uh, like, true. You will have the people who are like, quote unquote, pro reviewers that will give you like the review of the show, and then you'll have the masses like roast the sh- roast the show to the littlest degree, and like can say they hate it or say they love it. And I think if like the mass opinion will come to a consensus whether the whether or not it's a good show or like it's worth at least trying it. And I think. Because anime is so mainstream now, like, you have so many that are being produced that it's almost like noise. Yeah. Where you kind of you need people to tell you which ones are worth the time versus others that just may be like, niche that's for, like, true. a certain amount of viewers.
0: And that's what we're here for. I'm just kidding yeah we'll watch all
1: the niche stuff but (laughs) 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 our next episode we'll try to find the most obscure anime (laughs) it'll be a one star on Mal
2: and we'll watch it for you guys
1: honestly
0: uh, like yeah lately I've been just scrolling through Crunchyroll just trying to find stuff that you know maybe Drew mentioned to me and I just never check it out or I found it on a website or something Um, I mean unfortunately like well I agree with Elliot like it's good to like spend your time wisely and know like have recommendations so you can you know not everyone has the time to watch all these episodes and stuff i think like unfortunately Crunchyroll. i mean it's not the only streaming service but the main one it like sidelines some of the really good anime out there that's maybe dated like I just found sort of the stranger. It was never advertised. It was just randomly added. Space Brothers, stuff like that just gets lost in the in the whole whatever website, the medium. Because like, unless you're like looking for a specific niche anime, it's probably you're probably only gonna watch what they post on the front page. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because like things like. My anime list, because it caters to a certain generation of viewers. And, you know, to be honest, this is like the golden age for anime accessibility. But a lot of the people who got into anime in the past, like, 10, 15 years, I don't know how long my anime list has been around. But, uh, you know, just a glance at the top-rated anime TV series, you know, you got things like Bleach at the top. Yeah. And... And you got to scroll quite a bit before you find something like Cowboy Bebop or Evangelion. Uh, For sure. So there's like a lot of shows that were uh, from the early 2000s, the 90s, 80s, 70s that, you know, they, they don't even get enough respect from these aggregate sites because people don't watch those old shows. A lot of people don't pay attention to the stuff that is older than them. A lot of people don't watch things from before they were born, and I think that's a pretty big shame.
0: Yeah, it is tough. I mean, probably the only stuff that's more, yeah, that's older. People probably only watch like Studio Ghibli, stuff like that. That's a little more mainstream. But Mm -hmm. yeah, we're trying to deep dive and introduce more anime that maybe people haven't seen. So, yeah. But, yeah, I guess thank you for entertaining my question. That was all I really had to say about it. We can talk about Drunk Girl, I guess. <laughs> I mean, we don't have much, like, all. I, I, I would just say, like, Hiroi is a good comedic relief. She's also, like, almost like a big sister to, to Bochi. She, like, randomly shows up. And buys a ticket and is like, you know, stick it out, you know. I'm uh into my own band and, you know, your sound will develop over time. Don't give up, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, she kind of relates to Bochy with the uh, with her own youth. I think she shares something about her own childhood and says that they were kind of similar. Yeah, for sure. But she's a raging alcoholic. So... Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that's a. <laughs> It's played off as a joke, but... She's
0: literally yeah. drinking sake out of an apple juice box. <laughs> yeah. It's,
1: like a yeah. Sake.
2: it's a sake box.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, definitely a problem if that was a real person. But yeah. <laughs> cartoon. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Kita.
0: Ikkyo Kita. The shining sun of this whole show. They even give her a key her name Kitora. She has a Kitora. Ellie, what do you think about Kita? Eh, the character.
2: I think she's needy. Oh, but yeah. also she, gr- <laughs> she, she is, grows. She mm-hmm. grows and like realizes that she can be more useful to the group. And then she learns from Bochi how to play guitar. Yeah. Which is which is great. And then she's also like She
1: learns really fast too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So she picks it up quick and then she's also really supportive of Bochi. She's not there to overshadow Bochi at all. She's there to kind of play the supporting actress role. Yeah. Where she's like, I want you to succeed too. And like, I'm not, I'm not here to like, I'm here because I admire Rio. <laughs> and that's the only reason she's in the band. <laughs> yeah. And you discover like she's the one that left the band because she didn't know actually how to play a guitar. She just said she did.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like she's the kind of character uh where my friend that wasn't interested in K-On would probably say that's not realistic because a popular girl would never be that kind or friendly to a reclusive girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh I mean, I've met
0: I've met that girl in high school. I don't think I was ever friend Well, I had one friend maybe close to it, but yeah. Definitely people who are always positive is definitely fun to to be around although it it, as a rio type myself it smothers me sometimes
1: so (laughs) yeah i did like that one joke in the episode where bochi and rio are working to write the song together Mm -hmm. and bochi's supposed to come up with the lyrics and then bochi tells rio that all the lyrics i can come up with are gonna be you know depressing or or sad or yeah or resentful and then Rio says wouldn't it be hilarious if a normie sings that and then they just <laughs> imagine a really happy looking kita singing yeah. something like i'm gonna curse all of you losers <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a
0: fun dichotomy that's fun now uh, do you guys have any like themes you want to discuss or discussion questions elliot drew
1: my question is How well do you think the show did in terms of striking a balance between comedy and telling a coming of age story? Good
0: question. I can start. I mean, I wrote, I did write some honest feelings. Like, besides me not literally connecting and relating to her, I think it does say, like, Bochi reflects so, like, uh, how you feel in high school sometimes as a. Uh I mean like sometimes if you if you play into your own insecurities you can feel like you don't fit in or you're an outcast. And I mean it doesn't have to be in high school but like high school's probably the place that it's most accentuated. Everyone sort of finds their own identity, right? And the you have to learn what your unique gifts are and talents and stuff. I think Boshi exaggerates that a lot but it sort of reflects how we have a lot of self-doubt in that time of life and yeah she's like the extreme example of hyper focusing on your faults and failing to see the bigger picture. The thing I think relate the most to her is I play conversations and situations in my head a lot and they mostly don't go the way I think yeah they don't like through evidence and (laughs) <laughs> they don't go the way i think they will but i think that part of bochi i i did appreciate just uh her realizing like oh yeah uh i don't need to be so afraid or i can save the situation like the way she like used that bottle to like play when her string broke i thought that was really cool yeah the so moments like that That's make an it easy feel real. thing to
1: do with a guitar uh, I don't experience?
0: think so.
2: It's pretty. I don't think it is. No.
0: Yeah. It's pretty hard. Like I've never seen that. No. That bottle, you'd either break or you should drop it or like. It probably wouldn't even sound like that good. Ellie, do you have any thoughts on just like.
1: How you think the show did in terms of a balance between comedy and telling a coming of age story?
2: I think it did a good job because you see them grow a little bit as a group and as teenage girls uh, in the series. And then it was very comedic and that helped kind of alleviate some of the, like the drawn out more kind of slower situations in the anime. So I appreciated the comedy because it kept, kept you kind of entertained and interested in the story. And then mostly it's like they're coming of age as the main theme and Bochi addressing her own social anxiety. while all the, All the other girls are like just normal high school girls
1: think you would have preferred it if the show had leaned harder one way or the other? Like if it had been more of a comedy or if it had just been more serious? Or is it great the way it is? I think it's
2: fine the way it is. I would have liked it more had I seen Pochi make more progress towards her social anxiety. Because like mm. even in the end episode, you don't only really see like you don't feel like she's actually made that much progress in terms of her growth. You feel like you're kind of still Close to scare, square one, in terms of, she still can't function normally. So <laughs> she's uh, like talking to like the, the worker at the store for guitars. She
1: she's, freaks out and leaves yeah. the store without the item that she bought.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're just like, well, wait, well, now we're back to square one. She just doesn't function, even though she's made some growth. She still doesn't know how to operate as a human being.
1: yeah Yeah. i think this show would probably benefit from that aspect if we got more of it like i haven't read more of the manga i don't have access to it but i assume that you know with five plus volumes of manga there's probably more character growth and development in those future volumes so if they ever do uh make more anime uh maybe we'll maybe we'll be more satisfied with the character growth
3: Yeah, for sure.
0: Definitely, I mean, if there was another season, I'd check it out just to see where she goes as a character. But, I mean, it's fine it ended there, too. Yeah. I think the only other thing I would have to say about the show is that Bochi does sort of explore that coming of age, wanting to accomplish the same goal type of thing. There's sort of a... I mean, we all have, like, a fascination with, like... So, sort of, like, forming a band in high school. Like, some amazing feat. Like that. What do you guys think about what it says about, like, our self-doubt in, in like, that stage of life? What do you guys think about what it's trying to say emotionally?
1: Mm, that's a good question. I do think that with Bochi being the primary focus... Of the show, her social anxiety and her crippling self-doubt may not necessarily be what most people have experienced, but I think it still works as a solid enough metaphor for anybody who's ever been in high school. Mm -hmm. Because having some doubts and having some insecurities is normal for, I think, pretty much everybody. Yeah. Um, And it's just a part of growing up. The thing with her in the show is that it's just uh, highlighted and magnified to this cartoonish degree. And I think it just, you know, shines a a really big spotlight on that, I guess, the difficulties and the hardships of what it would be like if, if you felt alone or if you felt ostracized because of your own inability to talk to people and be comfortable socially with people. You know, high school or teenage life is an awkward time in general for a lot of kids, a lot of people. So having this show shine a spotlight on on that in a magnified way, I think it's done pretty well. And it's not done in a mean-spirited way. To, It's not making fun of people who are nervous, you know? Like, there's jokes, but I never feel like they're mean. It, it never feels like, yeah, it, it's... It's not demeaning to people who have felt the same kinds of things, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The
1: thoughts. Actually, during the time that I was watching the series, I was I also read a manga that I borrowed from the library called Fino Can't Say Her Name. And it's a one volume story about a high school girl who has a stuttering problem. Oh. And it's actually based on the author's like real life because he had a stuttering. Problem when he was growing up. Yeah. He did a story about this girl who has a stuttering problem. And it's realistic because those kids are super mean to her. And it, it's the kind of story where when you read it, it just makes you... like It breaks your heart to to realize that, yeah, this is realistic. I can easily believe that kids are this mean. <laughs> and it makes you mad that there are people like that, you know? Yeah. It's, it's really like he picked it in a hurtful way because... You just know that kids are awful <laughs> to each other I whereas know. i think something like Voci shows a more pristine version of teenage life where people are kind and there are adults that will help you i was just gonna say it kind of like yeah what you're saying
0: like like silent voice even yeah. though it's like dramatic i think it's more realistic type of story in high school
1: kids are mean man Yeah, kids are mean
0: especially in high school they form cliques the kid sees they bully a different
1: kid that kid is gonna get picked on yeah That's just how it is just
0: how it is let's see do you talk a little bit the ending uh do you do you guys think that the band as a whole they accomplish sort of what they wanted to do i mean obviously there's no second season to to go off of but where do you think they are in C- in episode twelve? Do you think they really grew as a band? Uh, what do you
1: think? Go ahead, Elliot. I gotta think about this. I think they
2: are still growing as band because I feel like there's still more that they can accomplish after like season or not season twelve, but episode twelve. Um, and like you were saying, this is only like 1.5 of the volumes that are exist. Yeah. So it feels like there's still more for them to accomplish mm-hmm. and like they just performed like their first gig and now she has a new guitar so i'm hoping that there's a season two that you get to see more of them perform but it doesn't feel like it's actually a complete story quite yet yeah. it just feels like they're just getting started like this is like their origin story and now you're gonna see them grow as a band after this
1: yeah, that's true. It feels like we only ate a few slices of bread, but there's an entire rest of the loaf to eat. That's true. Yeah, Actually, I think episode eight, reflecting back on that episode, um, because that's the, you know, the pivotal episode. That's the end of volume one in the manga, and it's the episode that's titled with the same title as the show. And usually that kind of indicates some kind of importance. I, I think episode eight gives us that emotional closure where they complete their first show and they get, it starts off where they get this underwhelming response to their first show. And then Bochi is like, I've got to do something to like elevate our performance. And then people get more into it. You know, it becomes a success uh, by their standards at least. And then they go out to the restaurant with the older girls, with, with the sist- Nijika's sister and the drunkard, the alcoholic, um, and then that other other lady that works at the at the club you get those fun interactions and then at one point Nijika steps out of the restaurant and Bochi sees her outside they're just standing on the street uh, and they talk a little bit And that's when we get Nijika's backstory and, and learn more about her and she tells Bochi that Bochi is the one who's great at lifting everyone's spirits when they're down she's the one who kind of elevated the band's performance and that together, you know, they can, they can strive for their dreams and, and achieve it together and, and all that. Mm-hmm. I think that's why that episode feels like if it had ended there, it would have left us with this like really positive, upbeat note for bochi, where you get the sense that wow, she really like upped her game and like stepped out of her comfort zone to elevate their performance and she's Helping her bandmates become a tighter knit group of friends together. Then it just, you know, if it ended there, that's the thing that we leave with. But yeah, like Elliot was saying at the end of episode 12, we just, she still kind of regresses a bit because she goes to the store and then she can't interact with people like a regular person. Yeah. You know, it's like progress, it's a story about progress and personal growth, but the growth comes at a really slow snail's pace. Oh, I actually put that what? in my
0: notes—the snail's pace comment.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's exactly yeah, you what know, it great felt. Great minds like. think alike.
0: Oh yeah, it felt literally like that.
1: Yeah, you know, progress is progress. That's true. No matter how slow it is, and as long as there's some indication of progress, you can have that courage to face another day. And I think that's the optimistic note that the show, that episode twelve, tries to leave us with.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Drew. Let's just have our closing thoughts. I thought uh, Bochi is an anime I would recommend if you... Well, even if you don't like Slice of Life, just check it out. It's pretty good. I just wish... Yeah, there's a season two. I would watch it and want to have more development. It's not my favorite anime I've watched so far, but there's... Wow. How to to not make this sound awful? (laughs) There are many worse anime you could be wasting your time watching. Yeah, like,
1: that sounds like a really bad backhanded compliment. Like, hey, guys, <laughs> this is better than Domestic Girlfriend. Yep. Yeah. Okay, just
0: watch Bochi and form your own opinion. I just personally like more dramatic high school anime. And we have some doctor's orders later that
2: we'll recommend.
0: All right, Elliot. <laughs> what do you think closing Uh, thoughts
2: i think if you're someone who wants more faster pace, you should not watch it if you're fine with slower paced animes or if you would like me and watch stuff at like one time (laughs) 1.5 speed then it'll be fine drew any closing thoughts
1: yeah for me i would say that the animation quality and production values are really top tier you Mm -hmm. can easily see the amount of love, care, and attention that the animators poured into this. There are just so many references to other anime. You can go on YouTube and look up all the anime references yeah. in the show. I think maybe one of my favorite ones, a couple of my favorite ones are like the references to Vangelion, oh, yeah. the unfamiliar ceiling or even the birds the picking birds. away at Bochi. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's also this... First of the North Star animation in the middle of one of the episodes <laughs> where the where the show even emulates this four three cropping, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of stuff like that that shows that the people who made the show love anime and they know their their history. I, I really appreciate it for that. Um, the comedy and mix of comedy and the daily life aspects are a pleasure. I just yeah enjoyed it a lot. But I, I agree with what Elliot said if. If slow anime isn't your thing then maybe this isn't for you but I still think it's worth giving a shot just to just to expose yourself to different types of anime true
0: All right that segues us into our segment I like to call the doctor's orders we'll give one anime that sort of aligns with some of the themes or the, just the vibe of the of the show This is the doctor's orders. Take your medicine. So, Drew, start us off with your doctor's orders. What do you recommend that's sort of similar along the lines of Bochi?
1: Okay, my recommendation is an anime series called Super Cub. Super Cub is a show that came out in 2021. So it's fairly recent, uh, relatively, at least by my standards. It's another slice of life story about a girl who's sort of withdrawn. She doesn't have the crippling social anxiety that Bochy has. And this isn't really a comedy series either. But it's a story about a girl named Koguma. She she is alone. She doesn't really have any hobbies any real friends. One of the, maybe the only thing that kind of stretches your suspension of disbelief is that she also doesn't have parents. She just lives on her own. There's no real explanation given for that. So you just have to roll with it. But she lives in this small town. I forget what part of Japan it is, but it's just gorgeously rendered like countryside type of city, like a a rural smaller city or town. Um, And one day she obtains a Super Cub motorcycle. It's like a, you know, like a 50cc or 100cc boped kind of vehicle. And through the use of this motorcycle, it opens up her world. She gets access to, uh, you know, different parts of the area uh, just to to visit. And then she also meets another girl who's a motorcycle enthusiast and has a Super Cub as well and yeah just through basically through this new interest of of driving a motorcycle she expands her world learns how to be better friends with people around her um and it's yeah a beautiful story of growth and uh friendship building animation is top notch with really beautiful photorealistic backgrounds and scenery Uh, character animation is great yeah music is awesome and and really soothing it's one of those shows that will just please you and and give you that relaxing healing feeling like a, yeah i guess i would call it and classify it as an Yashike show as well Mm. super cub check it out
0: cool thanks drew
1: my recommendation
0: on the doctor's orders is blend s uh i think we mentioned earlier it's a it is a A1 Pictures production so CloverWorks is subsidiary. A1 Pictures developed Blend S in 2017. I believe it's an adaptation from the manga. Haven't read the manga but watched the anime, 12 episode anime. It's basically uh, about the life of a 16-year-old girl who works at a maid cafe. She gets hired because whenever she tries to smile, gives this really s- sadistic look. And it, like, it's kind of like a kink for some of the customers. So like, the user like <laughs> to entertain the fantasy. I mean, I don't know how much. Wait, is this a pervy show at all? No, it's 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 just cutesy. It's like not pervy at all, to be honest.
1: Cute girls doing cute things.
0: Yeah, I would even classify it more like slice of life comedy, more more like bochi. And there's some cute like, uh, you know, relationships develop within the workers in the cafe. It pretty much focuses on the the coworkers and and it it also explores like her own insecurities and honesty with trying to work and, you know, balance that in school and stuff. So I think it's it was pretty thoughtful. It has a really catchy OP, that's probably why most people would know the anime, but it's not like a super well known anime. Um I think I watched it mostly for the yeah, for the cutesiness, but I ended up enjoying it more than I thought. So yeah, Blendess, you can check it out if you like. Alright, on to
1: you, nice. Elliot. I'll have to put that on the list. Yeah. Uh,
2: for me, I recommend techno Technoroid Overmind. It's a newer show. It's airing in the winter season of 2023. I think there's only four episodes out currently as we're recording this. Uh, but I think it's a pretty good show. They, it's similar to Bochy the Rock where it's like a ba- boy band. And oh, But cool. it's not, it, it doesn't really address social anxiety. It's more about what it means to be human, I think, because the, the premise of the show is that it's for androids that are kind of unique and trying to make money because they're poor. Aww. And then realizing they need to develop as kind of humans to capture an audience to climb the Tower of Babel, which is like a performance show to make money to pay off their bills. And then they're slowly learning and adapting and There's like this human kid that comes alongside them and kind of helps them along as well But then at the end of every episode you kind of see them perform a song. So it's similar in that if they it's like a musical show Let's
1: see Is this a society where androids are prevalent or are these four androids unique or something? So
2: it's a futuristic show. It is the The androids are prevalent because now in society it's, like, maybe, like, a few hundred years in the future where the sun is now too warm. And so, like, humans have made androids to help do more of the normal day-to-day stuff because they can (laughs) withstand the heat of going outside. Whereas, like, some humans need to, like, everyone needs to wear, like, heat gear when they go outside to make sure they don't overheat. Oh, man. And it, like, some people are biased against androids because they don't trust them. And then some people are really for androids. And then realizing, like, it takes heart to kind of woo the people of Tower Babel. Because it's it's almost like Twitch, where, like, humans can watch you. But then they're not actually there. They're, like, there in, like, robot form, where they're uh... just watching you <laughs> through a screen. And, and they'll root you on or they'll boo you. And it's more about the androids learning how to, like, actually give more than just performing a song and like just singing the lyrics or playing back a recording. It's more like you have to like, give a good performance and kind of be more human about it. And like, there's something unique about these robots where they can actually learn and adapt versus like a regular Android cannot do that. So, and the story is still developing. So I think it's a good show. It's also one that relates about to kind of the musical theme where it's about music. And at the end of every episode, you kind of see them perform. What kind of music do they play? It's, it's more like pop or like it's kind of like what I was talking about earlier, probably off recording. It was just like K-pop, not really K-pop or like more like J-pop where like they have choreographed performances. And it's kind of about speaking to the masses and kind of relating to the people. So it's not like rock and roll. It's more like just a choreographed performance that they're kind of just singing to the people on Twitch or something. It's almost like a just dance performance. Oh, okay. So they actually animate all of these different dance moves every episode? Yeah, so it's actually a 2D anime, but then when they go into performance, they actually use the 3D animation, which is oh, interesting. Interesting.
1: Probably saves them time because like animating dance moves choreograph dance moves with multiple characters that's pretty hard
2: yeah yeah so they switch to like three d models during their like their singing performance
1: I see I see
3: cool well thanks guys
0: for sharing your doctor's orders recommendations as we said, if you want to watch Bochi go ahead definitely not gonna
2: stop you <laughs>
0: I think there is better anime, personally, but that's just my opinion.
2: <laughs> it's no domestic girlfriend.
0: <laughs> I keep backhanding Bochi. Yikes. <laughs> uh, anyway, You are a bully. I'm a bully, dude. I'm a Grinch. I'm the worst. But I, I went into this episode wanting to be the enemy, so I'll assume that role. <laughs> Anyways, thank you for tuning in to our very detailed analysis. I hope you enjoyed it. We will try to do our best to continue to talk about the finer elements of anime and give you guys our real honest thoughts. (laughs) Uh, The next episode is going to be on Planet With. Um, I don't know anything about the series, Drew. Do you know anything about the series?
1: Uh, No, it's a mecha series, but I haven't watched it and I don't remember what the premise is.
0: Okay. Well that's good. I mean I think that it's good to go in with an open mind. So yeah, tune into our next episode episode seven of uh our anime Waiting room podcast. We'll be going over Planet with check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your uh your podcasts we can you can also find us on anchor.fm slash the anime waiting room and drew you have a podcast as
1: well that's right i like comic books and my friend and i do a comic book podcast called between the gutters so occasionally we do discuss various manga as well uh in 2022 we covered all 12 volumes of Mobile Suit Gundam, The Origin, for example. Uh, but yeah, sometimes we'll do like Shonen Manga or, or whatever. If you want to look for our podcast, you can just search for Between the Gutters podcast on Google or Spotify or whatever, and we'll come up. If you want to find us on social media or anywhere else, we're on Instagram, Twitter. You can find all of our links at linktree slash Between the Gutters. Awesome. Right, it's time to say
0: goodbye to our listeners. We hope you enjoyed it. And tune in next time.
1: Goodbye guys. Bye listeners. Goodbye, listeners. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed it. All and tune right. in next time. <laughs>